Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. Sign up using our link and receive a $500 risk-free bet. That's right, $500. And if you send in your first bet slip, you get a free T-shirt. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win. That's W-Y-N-N for a $500 risk-free bet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks from cappers and bettors, including the crew from the SGPN. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Check out all their free videos at betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG, and it's legal in 40 states. Sign up at betteredge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matchup pro and college football with just one catch we're only interested in underdogs who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset time to find out it's three dog thursday now here's your host tj reed oh it's getting good now and i cannot wait to mix it up with my guests as we head to championship weekend in the nfl the AFC title game has the defending champion Chiefs hosting those Buffalo Bills. And my Tampa Bay Buccaneers go on the road with the certain Hall of Famer Tom Brady taking on the certain Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field. A berth in Super Bowl 55 awaits. Can my Bucks end up making it a home game at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa? They are 60 minutes away. The Packers will not be easy to beat, and we have lots to discuss. However you have found us, welcome, welcome here to Three Dog Thursday. We love to handicap. We love to pick those underdogs. But in and around that, we give you great insight, analysis on all that is going on. Mostly going to be NFL today, but I promise we'll mix in some college basketball in a little bit with our senior handicapper from MajorWager.com and Vegas insider Brian Edwards. He also will have some thoughts on the UFC showdown, uh, UFC 257 that is upcoming this weekend. Conor McGregor, the most flamboyant, outspoken, popular UFC fighter really of the last five years plus for Dana White's outfit. Brian will have some thoughts on that fight. But again, a lot, a lot, a lot on the two championship games. Not only uh, those matchups, but what happened last weekend for the teams that won. Buffalo downing the uh, Baltimore Ravens, the Chiefs beating the Cleveland Browns, the Packers knocking off the L.A. Rams at home, and then the Buccaneers go and close down Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints Probably over, most likely is for Breeze. That's it. We're going to talk more about those matchups with Brian. we got a great roundtable as well in the middle on the YouTube channel. 
Uh, again, find us on YouTube under Three Dog Thursday. As my buddy T.C. Martin from the T.C. Martin Show, five days a week in Las Vegas is on. Little Vegas handicapping angle. T.C. also spent some time in Green Bay doing radio. Was there in the Packer heyday in and around Brett Favre, uh, etc. Super Bowl wins. Mike Holmgren. So we'll uh, obviously go back and forth and spar some there. Uh, Gary Seegers from the Winning Cures Everything podcast, winningcureseverything.com, the YouTube show, uh, the, the show on Twitch, on Periscope. Gary and Chris Giannini on that show every week. Love my Winning Cures dudes. Gary will have some insight out of the Mid-South, Memphis, Tennessee, my hometown. Uh, he'll kind of be a neutral party to this whole Buccaneer Packers thing. Because also joining me from over in the UK, just outside of London, England, is my buddy Paul Stewart, who I've known for 25 years. Paul has the definitive historical site on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he's in he's in England. He's a, he's a Euro with a British accent. You'll love hearing Paul's insight because he is into this with the matchups that are coming here this weekend between the... Uh, Chiefs and the Browns, but obviously more, or uh, the Chiefs and the Bills, excuse me, Buffalo, but more importantly, the Buccaneers and the Packers that's coming in Green Bay. So Paul will have great perspective. This is the fourth meeting uh, ever for the Buccaneers in an NFC Championship game. They've only gotten through once to make the Super Bowl. That was 18 years ago, beating the Philadelphia Eagles and closing down the vet and then beating the Raiders in the Super Bowl. We'll get to the whole Super Bowl thing in a couple of weeks. Right now, the challenge is for the Buccaneers. That's our YouTube roundtable that is coming up in the middle of the show. And then Brian Edwards back with me uh, here to give his insight on these two championship games for this weekend as we get ready for Super Bowl 55 and to find out the participants. Reminder, however you found us through a social media link, through uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their network of shows, However you found us, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe. We come automatically to you as the show comes out of the gate, hot out of the oven, as I like to say, on Thursdays. And we stay relevant all the way through the weekend here on Three Dog Thursday. That'll be important as the college basketball season continues to unfold. I'm huge on the college hoops because next week, for example, we got no NFL football. It's done, believe it or not, uh, through all that has happened through 2020 with COVID-19. And, uh, and all the pauses of, of all the games in college and the NFL delays and all the positive tests. They've kept the playoffs on track. These games play this weekend. We're down to two teams, but the game's not for another couple of weeks. So we'll talk plenty of college basketball on this program uh, as well through the coming next uh, eight weeks or so, all the way through March and into the Final Four, all of it to be played in Indianapolis. That it was announced and confirmed earlier this week. They'll play the entire 60-18 tournament in Indianapolis, the home of the NCAA and the home of some great basketball venues, including Lucas Oil Stadium, where they'll play. So anyway, lots of college hoops, and we're here to help you with underdogs and, and some insight. Brian will have a lot on that coming up in our opening segment. So again, however you found us, subscribe. We come out on Thursday. We stay relevant through the weekend with all that we have. Subscribe away to Three Dog Thursday. So uh, I'm anxious to talk about all of this, uh, in particular the Bucks with that win over the Saints. What a great job by them. What's the status of Patrick Mahomes? Let's be honest. He's going to play in the AFC Championship game. For all the talk that he wouldn't clear concussion protocol, first of all, it's not for certain that he had a concussion in the first place. He had some kind of neurological problem, obviously, when he got up. He got whacked in the back of the neck and got up. But he was uh, he was not displaying, what do I know? I'm not a neurologist. I'm not a head doctor. He was displaying that he was feeling much better right after that and able to run off the field and go get examined in the locker room with the doctors chasing him, etc., 
The word is that as of Wednesday and Wednesday night, he's through a couple of stages of that concussion protocol. The belief is he will be cleared to play probably on Friday and come off of it by the NFL in this enormous game as they try to go back to back. So we have that going on as the backdrop. We have the backdrop of Tom Brady, who's now won 32 postseason games in his career. Nobody has half that. Uh, All the rest of the history of the NFL from the different quarterbacks, present-day guys like Peyton Manning or Brett Favre, who I mentioned, or Drew Brees, any of those. Go go back in the heyday of all those Super Bowls that Joe Montana won in the playoff games. He doesn't have 32 playoff wins. Not Terry Bradshaw with four Super Bowls. Troy Aikman. Uh, name, a, name a quarterback with multiple Super Bowls. They don't have this number of wins. Uh, when you've been to the Super Bowl nine times with six victories, when you come into this postseason with your new team, the Buccaneers, and you win two more playoff games, it's ridiculous what the numbers are for Brady after that win. And he didn't have to be spectacular last week. I've been saying this all week on a bunch of different interviews. I might as well say it on this podcast. If you're going to play four postseason games, which the Buccaneers will have to play four if they're in Super Bowl 55, this is the third of those games, and if you're able to be victorious this week, you get to play a fourth, you got to invent some creative ways and different ways to get it done. And last week, the Bucs ran the ball effectively, and they played defense and did the takeaway thing on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, it, nothing, there's nothing written that says you got to play the same way to get it done every time. Dismantling with your, your pass game or, or winning with stellar defense, you sometimes have to get creative. If, if you're a defensive-minded team, which there's fewer and fewer of that in the present-day NFL, sometimes you have to win a game in a shootout. If you're a team that is based on scoring a ton of points, like what Kansas City is, like what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, what the Packers are, sometimes your defense may have to stick its its nose in there, mix it up, uh, get the turnovers, the takeaways, the stops, and your defense pulls it out. That's what the Buck D did last week. Three second-half turnovers of Breeze and the Saints. Give credit where it is due. Make no mistake, the Bucs are going to ride or die here with Tom Brady, ultimately, converting the big-time throws, and he did that last week in the Superdome with the big-time throws. Uh, and he and, and Rob Gronkowski are not going to be bothered by the cold weather. We'll talk more about that coming up. Some other Buccaneers might be. The Packers are used to it. But let's just see what happens in this huge matchup. And I will say for the first time of several times, don't go against Brady and, and that tremendous record right now in the AFC Championship game and the postseason. He's won nine times out of 13 previous opportunities in the AFC title game, first time in the NFC title game. Yes, Aaron Rodgers has a ring. Yes, they won the NFC title game that year on the road in Chicago. Now they're at home. But they've lost the last three times they've been in this game when they've gotten to this step. To Seattle, to Atlanta, and then last year to San Francisco and beaten decisively the last two times. So we'll see if Rodgers maybe feels it a little bit, feels the pressure feels the stress of the Packer fan expectation in this game. And remember, the Bucs won the regular season matchup for what that's worth. Not just that they won it, but they won it decisively. I was there, right on the front row of Raymond James Stadium, working in the operational zone, watching the Bucs dismantle Rodgers and the Packers. Let's see if that will continue. As I mentioned, we got college hoops. What about Alabama in college hoops? we got to get my buddy Chris Stewart back on this podcast. Not only the Alabama Crimson Tide football national title, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy, but you got Bama basketball hanging 90 or 100 points on everybody in the SEC right now, including a 60-point first half Tuesday night against uh, LSU, a game in which they went on to make 23 three-pointers, just a couple away 
from the SEC record uh, in a single game, Alabama playing the up-tempo, high-powered offense. We'll talk a lot of college hoops, but we've got to talk some Crimson Tide um, with what they did on the basketball court. Yeah, LSU has seen enough of Alabama recently because the football team came in and clocked them at Tiger Stadium. And now in the Maravich Center for the late Pete Maravich, the uh, the Def Dome, as it's known, very few fans there because of social distancing. Alabama annihilated uh, LSU in what was a 30-point win that could have been 50 had Alabama wanted to stay on the gas. So anyway, college hoops talk coming, mainly NFL. We got all of it to get to. Let's get things started up right now here on the show. Yes, indeed. Time to mix it up, get the breakdown, the insight, and the analysis. We are rolling here, by the way, with NFL underdog predictions in the playoffs on Three Dog Thursday, including this man from MajorWager.com and also his picks and insight on Vegas Insider as well. Mr. Brian Edwards back on Three Dog Thursday. Happy championship game weekend upcoming. But we've got so much to discuss from the divisional round games last week. We've even got some college basketballs. I keep saying, Brian, we're going to talk more college hoops as the as the weeks go by here because the NFL is dwindling to just two games next weekend and then a Super Bowl two weeks from now. And we even have UFC with Conor McGregor back in action, etc., Always good to have you, and always good when we're getting some underdog picks right. Uh, congrats for you on the Browns. Congrats to my Bucks. We had both of them in the divisional round Sunday last week. If they were listening to us, they knocked it out of the park with a couple of underdogs. Yeah, uh, man, I almost went four and zero. I lost uh, the over on New Orleans Bucks. If I had gotten over fifty two, I would have uh, gone four and zero. But yeah, you had the Browns, and then had the over and. Um, I mean, we didn't discuss it. It was favorite, but I had the Packers as well. Yep, and so obviously now that sets up the two matchups where the Bills, who won on Saturday with the uh, the Ravens, will now travel to Kansas City in the AFC title matchup, third year in a row that the Chiefs are there, and the Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers for a shot at Super Bowl 55. Um, and it will be very, very intriguing uh, because you got two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, obviously, in that game. you got youth in the AFC title game with Mahomes against Josh Allen. And then you've got the two veterans again, Tom Brady at 43 years young against Aaron Rodgers with his 15 years in the league, who's been in the, AFC, or in the NFC Championship game, by the way, three times in the last five years. So a lot of experience in the NFC game. A lot to get to. Again, for Brian, we're going to talk more in the final segment about analyzing these games and which way he might lean for an underdog. Let me just ask you, coming off of those four games with the wins by Buffalo, Green Bay, Kansas City, and Tampa Bay, did a player or a team really stand out to you from this past weekend? And if so, why? What would you say? Devin White, baby. Devin White of the Buccaneers back in his old stomping grounds and uh, making two enormous plays that I'm sure many of his friends and family were not happy about because I'm sure they're big Saints fans. But uh, I would say that Devin White, especially after missing uh, the game before that, uh, one of the best in a, one the best linebackers in the league and making his uh, presence felt, I would, I would have to give – Player of the Week honors to Devin White. How about this? I've been talking about this all week, but haven't mentioned it yet on this podcast on Three Dog Thursday. Derek Derek Brooks is a name we all know. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 
Uh, Devin White in his first NFL playoff game just matched Derek Brooks's playoff game record for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with 11 tackles. That is some serious company to keep. Plus, he had the fumble recovery and the interception in the second half. That's some serious company to be hanging out for the Buccaneers' second-year linebacker. They look good for having grabbed him. And let's be honest, they grabbed Leonard Fournette off of waivers from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Second playoff game in a row he delivered, including a receiving touchdown this week, 60-yard rushing another uh, 30 or 40 receiving in the game there's another New Orleans guy that uh, that stuck it to the Saints last weekend for the Buccaneers they had they had some different weapons stand up including Leonard Fournette yeah no doubt yeah and I, I left Fournette out of there yeah two two big time players at LSU coming back uh, to the Bayou and uh, crushing the hearts of uh, Saints fans, and you know I'm a Falcons fan, so I don't really uh, <laughs> care. But man, poor, poor old itching Saints fans, man, they have had some hard break in the last decade, and there that was another one uh, last week. It was shocking to see Breeze committing uh, second half crucial uh, turnovers, which uh, will probably, I would imagine, send him into retirement, as many and most expect. I believe that he will be there, and we saw Tom Brady with that moment, a uh, very class thing with Drew and his wife and his kids, and Brady chucking the football around to his kids there on the field at the very end there for a couple of minutes, sharing with him. It certainly looks like physically he can't do it anymore the broken ribs and the wife revealing that he had a torn rotator cuff as well trying to play with that down the stretch of the season uh they had to have Jameis Winston throw the long ball uh to Traquan Smith on the trick play because Drew Brees couldn't get anything on the ball anymore to be able to do something like that um and you're right I'll just pose it to you I've been saying this as well and we'll bring it up on three dog Thursday he gets the Super Bowl win he's a hero he's a Hall of Famer he's an icon forever in New Orleans for getting the Super Bowl win but my lord gut punch after gut punch after gut punch to exit the playoffs here to end it starting with the Minneapolis miracle the loss in the final seconds I know that was a defensive letdown when the Vikings scored on the final play of the game, essentially, to Stefan Diggs. That was three years ago. They lose the crazy heartbreaker to the Rams with the controversial no-call on the pass interference two years ago in the playoffs. They lose to Kirk Cousins, the Vi- Kirk Cousins and the Vikings again in the playoffs last year in overtime and now lose to Brady and the Bucks in their house. Three straight years, they bow out in the Superdome uh, man, what a what a rough legacy to end it for Drew Brees, despite the Super Bowl title, and he is going to Canton. I get it, but still, those losses, those are haunting losses for the Saints, are they not, Brian? A quick thought from you. Yeah, and uh, let's don't forget the one uh, in San Francisco about seven years ago, where there were like four lead changes in the last six minutes. I mean, one of the most thrilling playoff games in NFL history. Um, that one was a backbreaker as well. Um, but I, I, I still – I don't know how you can leave Drew Brees out of the, uh, you know, at least the top half dozen and maybe even the top five uh, because there's not a career passing stat record that he's not in the top five in, and many of them he's in the top one or, or, or at least top <laughs> one or two. three. Right. A brilliant career, no doubt about it, and, and one that – also recovered from a, a major injury, at least one that had the Dolphins coach uh, medical staff back when Saban was there uh, saying, you can't sign this guy, and they signed Dante Culpepper, and he gained 50 pounds instead, and that altered the course of 
uh, sports history in the city of New Orleans and certainly in the SEC football landscape because if Nick Saban would have had Drew Brees instead of Sean Payton in Miami, Nick Saban would probably still be in South Florida. Probably so. All, all good points that you make there on that. So again, the championship games are now set up. I'm going to tease for the audience again that Brian's going to handicap these two matchups. Tampa Bay, Green Bay, the old Chris Berman, Tom Jackson, uh, NFL primetime Bay of Pigs when they would always show the highlights. So we got that. And then we've got the last time the Bills were in the AFC championship game, they played Joe Montana and the Kansas City Chiefs and defeated them. Now it is now 27 seasons later that we're talking about Buffalo Bills back in the title game, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs this time with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Brian will have some breakdown on those games coming up in a little bit. All right, as I've uh, as I've already alluded to, this show will become more about college basketball in the coming weeks. Obviously, we don't have an NFL game next weekend once the Super Bowl is set. We'll morph more into college basketball and handicapping with everything else that's going on here on Three Dog Thursday as we go along and into March, uh, etc. So at the time that we are taping this, we come off the Tuesday night games, uh, which were very interesting, including... Uh, in the SEC, a couple of games. First of all, someone's Florida Gators came to life and pummeled a top 10 Tennessee team by 25 points. All right, brag brag for 3.9 seconds here about what the Gators were able to do in the Southeastern Conference against Tennessee, which has been really good this year so far. Yeah, I mean, for those that might not have been paying attention, uh, Florida's two remaining best players. Now, obviously, you know, Keontae Johnson out the season, but then their two remaining best players, Scotty Lewis was still in quarantine for COVID protocols and Colin Castleton, who has been like the saving grace of this team, uh, the transfer from Michigan. He couldn't play because of an ankle. So uh, Mike White was playing all these freshmen that haven't really played all year. They were playing extremely well and uh, wild. I mean, Tennessee pulled a, a real big no-show, and Florida got every 50-50 ball and, and played well. It was a shocking result considering the personnel that Florida was uh, was, was missing. So a uh, huge win for the Gators. And, look, I mean, that might may be the determining factor of whether they get in or out on Selection Sunday as well, and, and that's a big feather in their cap. Got to get those quality wins. Michigan, by the way, destroyed Maryland uh, last night. Uh, hello, Jawan Howard and the Wolverines are now 12-1. and Thank you very much. Uh, as they got an 87-63 win last night uh, at the time that we're taping Tuesday night. Also, Purdue won on a last-second shot at Ohio State. Purdue unranked, beat-ranked Ohio State uh, as well. So we're talking a little Big Ten. Villanova won in the Big East a game that they almost gave up an eight-point lead. They did give up an eight-point lead in the final three minutes, but then won it on some free throws. Controversial over-the-back call on a, on a rebound, a foul on Seton Hall gave Villanova free throws that won them the game. 76-74, to 74, Villanova 9-1. Villanova, uh, Brian Edwards, had not played a game in 27 days. Going back to mid-December, they had had six consecutive games canceled either by their own COVID-19 positive tests or the opponents, that's incredible. But they came out of the mothballs and played well and won that game. Villanova's going to have to make up like four or five of these games because they're conference games. Uh, it's going to be a barrage schedule if they can make them up for the Big for the Big East. Good luck on the challenge on that. And also Alabama. Uh, I, I made brief mention just before you came on that we were going to talk about this. 
Uh, I was sending out the text messages, making phone calls. I contacted Brian Edwards as well as the Crimson Tide, bombing three-pointers, playing the run-and-gun game for Nate Oates, had 60 points in the first half. This looked like nineteen early 1990s Loyola Marymount. Uh, from Alabama last oh, night. Beat, uh, you, the, so so uh, preach on. Well, preach pre- preach on though. You and I have affinity for that team. Preach on. Did it look like Loyola Marymount 2.0 or what last night? And I swear to you, listeners, we did not talk about that part off the air. I was about to tell you <laughs> it reminded me of 1990 Loyola Marymount. Bo Kimball, Jeff Fryer, yeah, uh, Pear Steamer. Uh, Chris Knight, all those guys who happened to have to get past Wimp Sanderson's Alabama team with Hollywood Robinson and David Benoit and Melvin Cheatham and Robert Ory uh, by two uh, at the uh, well, the old Oracle Arena uh, out in the Oakland area in the Sweet 16. That's who it reminded me of. They look like Loyola Marymount out there. And uh, they look you – know, I mean, if they play like that, nobody will – Alabama will win the natty and hoops too mm. if they play like that. But they're not going to be able to shoot like that uh, very often. But what a special night it was. And I'm sure all of America enjoyed watching Will Wade's team get decapitated <laughs> uh, in red stick. I certainly did. Now, this this is – like, Alabama is now 7-0 and in the SEC. Okay, they had the four-point win over Auburn. And then they had an eight-point win. Their other wins by margins of 18, 15, 20, 30, and 31. They're not just undefeated in the SEC. They are cleaning this conference conference's clock on a regular basis. And, look, they're, they're without uh, the uh, Bruner, the transfer from Yale, who is one of their key players as well. And he'll be back in th- you know, like three or four weeks. Well, and they attempted 43 trays, made 23 of them. Uh, John Petty made six for six to start the game, finished with eight of them. Uh, what was it? Primo also made six of them in the game. They were incredible. They The one thing is they didn't stay on the gas the same way Loyola Marymount would back in, in the late 80s with Paul Westhead in 1990 and the late Hank Gathers. That those teams would stay on the gas in the second half, even while up thirty, even while even while oh, ten yeah. minutes to go, five minutes to go, they were still running and gunning. Alabama seemed to kind of just say, with about six seven minutes left, "Hey, we've done enough here," and only finish with hundred and five points. And you mentioned it: the last three games, including the win at Rupp, uh, combined in it, combined margin of victory on average twenty seven points a game. So Alabama running and gunning right now. They will next play Mississippi State this week. Weekend at home and Mississippi State, Ben Howland's team better be ready to guard the perimeter, right, Brian? One more time because it's going up. There's going to be bombs away again from Alabama. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how the odds makers adjust on Alabama because, you know, Mississippi State got run out of the hump last night by Ole Miss. And so, uh, I mean, we might be starting to see enormous numbers on Alabama. Uh, starting Saturday against the Bulldogs and Ben Howland, I'm sure Alabama will be at least uh, 15 and maybe maybe more than that. Mm, Interesting on that for this weekend. Uh, Again, we'll get to the other weekend games that are of interest, and this will kind of be a a theme that we have throughout the show. We're going to kind of project who might be an underdog, not necessarily that you have to take them, but kind of games to watch uh, for right now in college basketball. You have a game on Thursday night, though, uh, that, you know, all things being equal, it looks like it's going to come off and be played, and it's in the Big Ten. You might be interested for underdog purposes for Three Dog 
Thursday purposes for the audience. Which game is that that you like? Yeah, so Rutgers is a one-point underdog at Penn State. Now, Rutgers is struggling a little bit here. They've lost four in a row, but one of them was by two to Iowa, a game they led the whole way. One was by six to Wisconsin. I think we'll all agree Wisconsin and Iowa are are top ten, legit top ten teams. And this is still a team that – was had most of the personnel from last year that was going to go to its first tournament since uh, I had it memorized last year. I want to say 91, 91. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And they were playing good early in the year. They beat Syracuse by double digits. They won at Maryland by 14. They beat Illinois. Uh, They beat Purdue. So this is still a good Rutgers team. And you brought up how Villanova is having to make up a lot of games. The same for Penn State. So they played Sunday at Purdue, they played Tuesday at Illinois, and then they played Thursday. So they've been <laughs> in hotel rooms all week, and they'll be playing their third game in, what, five days on Thursday. So a little fatigue factor maybe with Penn State. I think it's a good spot for Rutgers to get off the schneid. It's only a one-point dog. They may be favored tomorrow. That looks like a, a really solid play on the Scarlet Knights to me. All right, so check into that if Rutgers is, in fact, an underdog. and At the time we're taping, they are. For Saturday, again, and who knows right now, with programs going on pause for COVID-19, with players and contact tracing, coaches, these games, we think these games are going to be played. Uh, but there are some interesting ones, uh, including Baylor uh, at Oklahoma State. That one in Stillwater, Baylor 13-0, looks so good. They popped Kansas on, on Monday night and looked good. Uh, Virginia Tech at Syracuse, intriguing, a noon game at the Carrier Dome where Virginia Tech got the win over Duke earlier in the week. Syracuse, a blowout win over Miami on Tuesday night. Syracuse might very well be favored. You might get Virginia Tech as an underdog at the Carrier Dome. We don't know for that game on uh, on Saturday. And a couple more of interest, Ohio State at Wisconsin. Ohio State off the tough loss, and Wisconsin's had a couple of big wins uh, this year playing host to Ohio State. We mentioned the Alabama-Mississippi State game, and maybe Missouri as an underdog. They've won their last couple of games. Is Tennessee going to bounce back at home off the Florida loss playing host to Missouri? Again, we think all those games are going to be played. We're having to project for this weekend. Does anything stand out out of that group? Uh, real quick, including I know you were you were touching on Baylor, Oklahoma State, and saying to me maybe that one will be very interesting in Stillwater. Yeah, I mean I think Oklahoma State is a dangerous team, especially at home with, with Cunningham, a, a guy who can dominate a game. And you know Baylor's been pretty healthy favorite even when they've been on the road. So um, I'm gonna guess that number will be around six, but you know maybe seven or eight. If if it's you know north of seven. Uh, I'd give the Cowboys uh, a lot of a lot of consideration there. And and one other thing too, if Baylor is winning the game late, watch out for the forty foot bank three pointer like Kansas hit the other night. I put it on social media, <laughs> as did everybody else. Uh, you talk about bad beats. They they gave up a three Ooh. in the final thirty seconds to make a fifteen point game into a twelve point game, and then with two seconds left, the kid does the pump fake. And then just kind of chucks up the final three at the horn that banks in to make Kansas uh, plus the eight a win. Uh, so it's pretty wild. Uh, or Kansas plus the nine uh, actually uh, ends up being the win. So uh, it just shows you that, that strange things can happen here and games are never over until the final horn in terms of what we do here on Three Dog Thursday, right? With underdogs, favorites, and spreads. Another tough reminder for those that had Baylor the other night. 
Yeah, the bank was open late night in Waco. I had actually turned the channel because I had over uh, 140, and I had just, you know, gotten it there in the last, like, minute, and I changed the channel. But uh, when I went on Twitter five minutes later, I, I was reminded, or I, I saw exactly what happened. <laughs> Never over until that uh, that final moment. So lots of college hoops this weekend. And by the way, real quick, give me a quick synopsis. They've got UFC 257 on the Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Afternoon U.S. time, Conor McGregor, the most flamboyant, uh, highest profile uh, and most popular UFC fighter, is back for the first time in one year fighting. Give, a, give us a quick little synopsis, and do you have an underdog or something that you might like on that fight card? Because you're always coming in when there's a big UFC fight card here on Three Dog Thursday. Well, I'll give you a kind of a strategy that, that does have slight underdog odds. Uh, look, if you think McGregor's going to win, you probably think he's going to win by KO early. And so instead of, you know, risking the minus 300 and change, even the prop for him to win by knockout is like minus 180. So, or actually now that I'm looking at it, it's up to minus 200 at some spots. So if you're a huge McGregor guy and you think he's going to win by knockout in the first round or the second round, you know, you could go under one and a half rounds for a plus 105 return. Now, if you're interested in Dustin Poirier, uh, I would say be patient because uh, McGregor gets a lot of late action all the time. And right now, you know, Dustin, like the best underdog prices, uh, I see uh, a couple offshores have plus 255, plus 260, even plus 270. I would think by Saturday afternoon, you're going to be able to get Dustin north of plus 300. So I would just be patient there. Um, McGregor's, all his comments, all his interviews, he looks like he's back to his old self. It, it looks like he's put down the whiskey bottle, at least, you know, for the <laughs> most part. And, um, and that's, that's a, a, a big thing, and that it looks like he means business all over again. And, and that makes me think he's going to win this fight. But, but let me tell you something. This is a whole different fight than the one six years ago. They were at 145 pounds then. They're at 155 pounds now. And Dustin has pretty much beaten every elite lightweight, which is 155 in, in UFC. Um, I'm not sure what it is in boxing. But uh, Dustin's beat them all all of them except for Habib, and now he gets Connor again. And uh, I would be very surprised if, if Connor makes quick work of Dustin like he did the first time. But then again, he, look, he looks laser-focused all over again. So um, it, it looks like McGregor is back and, and determined, and that's bad news for everybody else. But, look, Dustin is a, is a different cat than he was six years ago, and there's no question he can win this fight, no doubt about it. All right, we'll see what happens there. By the way, you know that I'm big into the boxing and the Big Fight Weekend website and Big Fight Weekend podcast. Conor McGregor hinting he might want to fight Manny Pacquiao in a boxing ring after this fight coming this weekend. Uh, that later on in the summer, a mega boxing bout. Remember, he fought, he fought Floyd Mayweather back three years ago, actually three and a half years ago now, uh, in a boxing match. That would be mega, mega millions if that's the case. Uh, for both of those guys, who knows if the boxing match ever comes off, but he's back in the UFC octagon. Brian, stand by. Lots more on the championship game straight ahead on our YouTube roundtable. Brian, back in the final segment to give us his predictions. Does he dare like the Bills or the Buccaneers as underdogs on championship weekend? Our YouTube roundtable coming up with our guests. That includes T.C. Martin out in Las Vegas, Gary Seegers of the Winning Cures Everything podcast in the Memphis, Tennessee area, and my buddy Paul Stewart. The definitive historian on Buccaneer football from the UK, BuckPower.com. They're on the YouTube roundtable coming up. 
But first, let's talk about our friends at WinBet. Do you want to win a $500 risk-free bet? Well, you can get that right now just by signing up through Sports Gambling Podcast and our partnership with WinBet. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N to find out more information on WinBet. Currently online in New Jersey, Colorado, and Michigan coming soon with more states on the way. You've got an opportunity again to get a risk-free bet with our friends at WinBet, and we'll be telling you more about the WinBet lines on Three Dog Thursday for the divisional round of the playoff games coming up in a little bit. Also, you've got a chance with your first win bet to get a free t-shirt from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Just screenshot that first bet with WinBet and email it to podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and get a free SGP merchandise t-shirt. Again, screenshot your first bet with WinBet to podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Get free t-shirts from us when you make that first bet with WinBet. Again, if WinBet isn't active in your state, you still get the free shirt just by referring a friend to it as well. So again, take advantage. Find out more. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash win. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N. We are also brought to you in part by Better Than Vegas. It's an all-new, completely free website sharing thousands of handicapping videos. It's like YouTube, but it's for what the DGENs only care about. Of course, the DGENs only all part of the Sports Gambling Podcast, the network fleet of shows. The best part is you get to watch all the video picks from the Sports Gambling Podcast network crew and what they're posting exclusively over on Better Than Vegas. They cover all sports, the NFL, college football, college basketball nba will be here soon as well if the free video picks aren't enough they're giving away cash one thousand dollars to the handicapper that wins the most units and a thousand dollars to the handicapper that has the most followers make sure you subscribe on the sports gambling podcast network page sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv better than vegas btv sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv so you don't miss out on any of these videos head over to better than dot vegas that's better than dot vegas to see more we're also brought to you in part by better edge the stock exchange for sports bets that allows you to buy and sell betting positions live like the stock market and the best part is it allows you to bet with no vig since you're buying positions from other sports bettors and there is no house you can play for money in 40 states and they're doing weekly college basketball contests right now we're talking tons of hoops from here on out here on three dog thursday and on wednesday and saturday pay 10 bucks to enter and each user starts with a balance of $1,000 in edge coins to wager on the games. The player with the highest earnings takes the entire pool of entry fees. It's like a battle royal winner take all. Find the link under the competitions tab to get in for just 10 bucks. Sign up today at betteredge.com. Use our promo code SGP. Get that free $10 bet as well. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Promo code SGP. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sports book but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... 
Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. As we do continue, the Three Dog Thursday video roundtable is back. And man, oh man, I've been looking forward to this for about a day and a half, getting all of my guys together. It is championship weekend in the NFL. That uh, sort of interesting AFC championship game has the Bills uh, playing at the defending world championships. Enough about that game. We'll, we'll maybe mention that once or twice more in the video roundtable. But it is B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S, Go Bucks, Buccaneers, and the Green Bay Packers from Lambeau Field. And again, if you're only hearing us on the podcast, the audio podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, if you found us through a social media link, come find the YouTube roundtable, see what we look like, including, let's introduce them all around a room, uh, from Las Vegas, T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show, five days a week out in Las Vegas. Initials brother from another mother out west. How are you feeling, sir? Doing great. Great to uh, be with you again, my friend, and uh, ready to talk a little football. Absolutely, we are. And uh, I should mention T.C. Uh, kind of did a prison sentence, spent some time in Green Bay, and has some great <laughs> insight from his previous radio career there. That other smiling face in blue Works at my alma mater, uh, the former Memphis State, now the University of Memphis. Gary Seegers, co-host along with Chris Giannini of the Winning Cures Everything podcast and show. These guys have been killing it for the last three or four years. Love some insight. It would not be championship weekend unless I can get some love from Gary Seegers on the program. Mr. Winning Cures, good to have you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So we, uh, hey, by the way, don't know if I told you. We are re-upping. We are continuing on with sportsbookreview.com. So sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. We are continuing the college football show even through the offseason. So, yeah, NFL, college football, uh, we got some big MMA stuff coming up this weekend. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're pretty fired up for all of it. I love it. And, uh, and, again, these guys have great insight, he and Chris, on everything football, including the NFL. So we're going to lean on that. And now uh, just to show the depth and the breadth of what we do. We got TC in Las Vegas. My man Seegers is in the Mid-South in Memphis, Tennessee. Let's go all the way transatlantic to England, where the biggest Buccaneer fan that I probably know, certainly the biggest one outside of the Tampa Bay area, the historian of the franchise from the website buckpower.com. In, and if you're not seeing this, come find the YouTube page. In a throwback orange Buccaneer jersey as we speak. Looks like you've got a Bucko Bruce helmet on the side. Hold that up for the TV audience just briefly if you can, too. He is touting Bucko Bruce as well. Paul Stewart of BuckPower.com. How are you, my friend, as we're days away at the time we're taping for Bucks, Packers, and a chance to go to the Super Bowl? Um, very well, TJ. It's, it's a fantastic time to be a Tampa Bay sports fan. We've had the lightning win the Stanley Cup, we've had the Rays in the World Series, and we could now just be one game away from the Buccaneers becoming the first team to play in a Super Bowl in their own home stadium. Yeah, it is crazy. At the time that we're taping, guys, they were undergoing a Wednesday afternoon workout in the shadow of Raymond James Stadium with all the banners up saying Super Bowl 55. I mean, if you need any greater incentive 
that it's literally right across the street from you. When you get back from Lambeau Field, you have a chance to play in the Super Bowl right over there. It was pretty interesting to see some of that video that the Bucks were putting out earlier today. All right, let's jump right in with that. I will put this up on the screen. What a performance. You, you pretty well know what Paul and I think about what the Bucks were able to do last week. We're looking on the screen at Tom Brady winning his 32nd playoff game, his second one with the Bucks from last week's contest as they defeat the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. Final score, uh, 30 to 20 in this one in comeback fashion. What a battle uh, this was in the Superdome. All right, TC, let's just go around the room again. Your thoughts, we've had some time now to digest that before we get into the matchup with the Packers. How impressive were the Buccaneers to you all the way out in Vegas with that win in the Big Easy? Well, as you know, they were an underdog in this game, and there weren't a lot of people that were giving the Bucks much of a shot because, you know, the theory, hey, Tampa Bay handled them rather easily in the first two matchups. Again, playing at home in New Orleans, even though without the crowd, uh, conventional wisdom said that Tampa Bay was going to take care of business again. And we've seen the, uh, the Saints. Well, the New Orleans pull. was. The Saints were yes. going to take care of business again. Exactly. And, and we've seen the, the Saints choke in, in playoffs uh, games in years past. So a lot of people thought it's not going to happen again this year. They have the Buccaneers number. But uh, lo and behold, as this game progressed and we got into the second half, specifically into the fourth quarter, it became apparent that it was going to be Brady time. And uh, Brady was better than Breeze that day, plain and simple. So uh, kudos to the Bucs. Uh, you know, for me, not a, a big shocking surprise because I did bet the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a teaser pleaser. So I was very happy of getting double digits on this. And again, Take the goat, take Tom Brady, as you mentioned many times, TJ, uh, in a domeless stadium with fans. Uh, again, Tom Brady, very, very comfortable. The Bucs seem to have their way. But for me, this game all boiled down to what the Tampa Bay defense did. They've gotten relatively healthy, more healthy than they ever have been. So, uh, you know, they've got the mojo going right now. So congratulations to the Bucs on that victory. Um Looking forward to Sunday. That's all I got to say. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun with the Packers. Gary, your thoughts seeing the Buccaneers uh, get it done in New Orleans? Um, it, so I maybe I should be surprised. I'm I'm not because it's the Saints losing in the playoffs. I mean that's uh that's become a typical thing here. And Drew Brees on this tail end of his career, uh, we had seen signs of this uh, going back, you know, weeks now. Ever, ever since he came back uh, from his rib injury. He has not looked great. He's got no zip on the ball. Uh, he's and then of course you have to to worry about Michael Thomas. He hadn't played him forever. There was just a whole lot there uh, that that equated to a Bucks victory. Uh, I mean, I think the Bucks are great. Like you look at their DVOA numbers, you look at all of these statistical stuff. This is a great football team. So it shouldn't have been any kind of a shock, especially with no fans and and all that. Um, I don't think it would be any shock at all this weekend. You know, they come in again as an underdog. Uh, but remember, I mean, they they handled uh, the Packers earlier this year. And, you know, it, I think it's a good matchup for them. I will definitely say that. Well, and we should make mention uh, that we'll talk more about the Green Bay game. And you obviously know, you can tell by what I'm wearing if you're with us on the YouTube roundtable here. I've got the hat. I've got the shirt. Uh, Paul Stewart, you got to admire. I'm rocking the Super Bowl champion Buccaneer hat from Super Bowl 37 in the background here of the shot. So you know where my allegiance lies uh, here with this. But, Paul, I'll, I'll kick it to you here. 
Uh, Brady brings this aura of confidence. And I get, it's easy to say now, but how confident were you that they were going to pull this off even after New Orleans drove the second half kickoff and scored a touchdown? How confident were you watching uh, in the UK late night last Sunday night? Well, late night, it, that, that game finished around about quarter past three in the morning UK time. So I couldn't say I went wildly overboard with the noisy celebrations um, for the fact of neighbours being around. I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. The Buccaneers were loaded with talent going into this season. And I think that's one of the reasons Tom Brady chose to come to Tampa in the first place, because this was a team ready to win. And what he's done is, yes, you could see he's brought that air of confidence. He holds them to such a high you know, accountability. And you see it on the field when he yells at them for a wrong route or a misplay. And I think that's what he's brought to them, that all the other players now look around and they see the greatest of all time behind centre, throwing the ball, calling them out. And that's what led them to that victory, that even when they went you know, seven points down third quarter, they knew they were going to come back and win that game. All right, we will talk a little bit about the Browns and the Bills, but we're sticking right here with the Buccaneers and uh, and what they were able to do. Uh, TC, again, we'll just kind of go in order, batting order. TC, Tom Brady wins his 32nd playoff game, as I mentioned. That was his 78th touchdown pass, 77th and 78th in that last game. Uh, it, it is incredible uh, the success he's had, six Super Bowl wins, uh, multi-time Super Bowl MVP, how much does this add to the legacy? Uh, barring now, not, not anything that he's going to do uh, from here on out, but to this point, how much does it add to the legacy to get Tampa Bay in the playoffs for the first time in 13 years and then win two playoff games? What say you out in Vegas? Yeah, it just it goes to show you, again, the greatest of all time. And I think a lot of people going into this season were wondering what was going to you know, transpire with Brady and the Bucks and Arians and the system. And again, he's been playing, you know, in New England with that same system for such a, you know, for his entire career. So again, I think it just, it just cements his legacy. It just continues to add to it. He doesn't have to do anything else and he didn't have to do anything else this year. I mean, he could have, you know, came to Tampa Bay and, and this team could have gone eight and eight. It's not going to affect Tom Brady's legacy, but I think it's great because this is something that I think it's good for football. I think it's great for Tom Brady. I think it's great for Tampa. It's great for that franchise. And uh, I've honestly been enjoying watching, uh, you know, Tom Brady. I've always been a big fan of his and uh, you know, to see him basically play in kind of pristine uh, weather conditions for the most part, whether it's outside in, in Tampa or the indoor conditions and everything. I just think this has been a great year. It doesn't look anything like he's 43 and uh, why can't he continue to play for another three or four years? I know that sounds crazy, Ooh. but Ooh. well, but really, I mean, but look at what, what the guy's done now early on, there were some question marks like, okay, is age creeping into factor? Doesn't seem to have the, the zip on his ball, but that zip seems to be back. And for me, I believe it's just a comfortability factor that he has with Bruce Arian's system. And then, you know, with Godwin and, and with Cameron Brait uh, and, and the rest Wrong. of the receivers, you know, Mike Evans and all these guys, you can just see him getting more and more comfortable with these guys in the system week in and week out. So uh, I've enjoyed the run. No doubt. And, and uh, Gary, I'm coming to you, but just I can testify I was not at the two playoff games. Again, we're broadcasting those remotely and off of TV because of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're not traveling. Unfortunately, I will not be there in Green Bay, T.C. Martin, for this weekend just because of the concerns such as life. But being down there at field level late in the regular season and watching him against Minnesota guys and for the audience here on Three Dog Thursday, watching him at the end of the year in the final game with the Atlanta Falcons, 
he's still got the arm. He can still make the throws. The zip is on the deep ball. So Gary Seegers, how impressive is that heading up to Green Bay that unlike Drew Brees, who was really faltering badly physically and unable to throw the ball down the field here at the end of his career, same could probably be said for Peyton Manning, too. At the end of his career in the Super Bowl win, he couldn't get zip on the ball down the field anymore either, but Brady can. What, what about that aspect, Gary, real quick? Well, it is definitely impressive. Uh, I think as far as legacy, you know, TC was talking about there's nothing he could really add to his legacy or anything that would have taken away from it. Uh, what this does, though, for his legacy as far as a businessman, uh, this is a gigantic billboard for his TB12 method, right? All of these other quarterbacks that just <laughs> eventually fall apart, and this guy, is he seems indestructible. I mean, he's – I feel like an old man, all right? I've, I've got right. – Two-year-old, I've got a 15-year-old. Just wait. It it just pains me to get out of the bed in the mornings. And (laughs) this guy is 43 years old and looks like he's, you know, 20-something, like he just came out of college. So, yes, it's absolutely uh, impressive on that end because, really, he could play another three, four, five years. I mean, if if he keeps going at the same rate that he's going, I think the issues that they had at the beginning of the season – were exactly what TC was talking about. It was comfortability. It was trying to figure out that offense, get the chemistry down, because I think the zip wasn't on the ball because he wasn't sure where he was throwing it. He wasn't right. sure who he was throwing to, et cetera. Now, no, no preseason, yeah. no, no working very much in the offseason whatsoever. So it did take a little bit of time to kick it in. Finish your thought. I didn't mean, to, uh, you, you notice. So when, when Antonio Brown came in, uh, you know that he's comfortable with him. And you saw a little bit of a shift when he came in later in the season. So I, I think, I mean, you keep this thing going the way that it is, and you keep him comfortable with the guys that he's got in there, keep him comfortable in that offense, I, he could play there for, I mean, a, a while at this point. How this does, is not just a, this how year does the year. elbow hold up? How does the shoulder hold up at age 44, 45? We don't know. We know what we have okay, right now. There's, there is no confirmation that Paul Stewart has gone on a steady diet of, like, tree bark and brand <laughs> and whatever else that Tom Brady is eating and uh, the TB12 method. No confirmation of that. Uh, you, you know the long history of Buccaneers, most of it losing, but they've had Doug Williams was a playoff quarterback for the Buccaneers in the orange that you're wearing, Paul Stewart, later won a Super Bowl. Steve Young was in the orange you were wearing and later won a Super Bowl. We can't really remark any, any well, Trent Dilfer also wore the orange and the red and the pewter. The Super Bowl wasn't as much from him. It was the Ravens defense. But Brady right now in those colors, this is something special. Give me the historical perspective. Uh, Paul Stewart from BuckPower.com, please. Well, something I was just thinking about is is there have been a number of well-known, famous quarterbacks who have gone on to other teams at the end of their careers. You know, you think of Joe Namath went to the Rams. You had Brett Favre went to the to the Vikings and Jets. Joe Montana went to the Chiefs. They never won anything with those teams. So you know they went, but that move has been forgotten. Their legacy is just with their previous teams. So I think if Brady was to go on and get to the Super Bowl and even win a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, it would just put him not just on from the pedestal he's on now, it would put him so far out of reach, you might as well just give up for the next hundred years because no one's ever going to do that again. And that's where I think that's what he now sees, that he can create a legacy that nothing that's never been done in any other sport. Very interesting. And it's worth noting here that if Brady and the Buccaneers win this game with Green Bay and get to the Super Bowl, he joins three other quarterbacks that would get there with another team 
Those are Craig Morton. We remember that name. TC and I are older. Paul's a little older than Gary. Craig Morton with the Cowboys and the Broncos. Kurt Warner with the Rams and the Cardinals. And then Peyton Manning, like we're mentioning, with the Broncos. And Manning is the only one that got the championship going to the new team after being with the Colts and getting a championship with them. Brady has a chance to be number five. You had one more point, Paul. I saw the hand up. Yeah, I mean, just to tell you the story that you know, we were talking about Drew Brees, and it's a shame to see his career end on such a bad note like that. But, of course, Father Time is undefeated. But remember, TJ, I'm the man who live on British television in 2002 said, I don't think Drew Brees will ever be a successful quarterback in the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) He has been killing them with all the great info and takes for two decades on British TV and elsewhere, including on BuckPower.com. I think it worked out pretty well for that Brees guy. Yeah, that that Uh, one, they they replayed that clip about (laughs) once a year for me. They played it again last weekend. I'm I'm fine by it. When you're in the media, sometimes you say things that don't quite work out, and that was one of them. Yeah, no doubt. I need that clip to run that back to keep Stuart in his place. TC, did you have one more thought before? Yeah, I just wanted to to uh, jump on what 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 Paul said because he brought up a great point about some of those other quarterbacks. Let me pose this question to you guys. So Brett Favre got to the NFC Championship game with the Vikings. Joe Montana got to the AFC Championship game with the Chiefs. And people kind of forget that. But the, what you mentioned, TJ, is, is Craig Morton and um, Peyton Manning oh, actually and, and got to the Super Bowl and actually won it. So if the Buccaneers do lose on Sunday, are we going to think of Tom Brady as just, well, he had that you know, one season with him, just like Montana did and, uh, and, and just like Favre did? You know, I think it's a Gary, different discussion. Gary, you're distant from it. I'm close to it. Gary, your thought just real quick. I I don't think that it would take anything away. I, I don't think that we would look at Joe Montana or at, at Peyton Manning uh, or any of those as being better than Brady at, if they end up losing this weekend, right? right. I, I don't believe that just because, I mean, Brady's already uh, considered. Yeah, and I'm not saying that. I'm just yeah. saying the way we'll look back at it, you know, they'll, they'll remember his career right. for being a New England Patriot. Like Montana will remember his career for being a 49er. And the yeah. same thing far, you know, as, as a Packer. But I think it does take it to another level because, like you said, Peyton Manning got there with the Broncos as well. And it just adds to, not, not just adds to the legacy, but it just, it gives you a little different vibe than, oh, this guy was old. He got there almost, but he but didn't it, it quite makes win you remember, Yeah, it makes you remember that, right? So if, if he wins a Super Bowl with the Bucs, uh, then you you automatically right. remember the end of his right. career with the Bucs. A lot of the other ones, you remember their their highest achievements with the team that they did it with, right? right. So if it's Brady or, in the Super Bowls. Or what you do last. And so right, in the right, case right. of Manning, you rode off into the sunset and did yeah, it right. and did it last, and that was it. Favre got to the championship game, but he couldn't ride off doing it last. He actually played another season in Minnesota, and they couldn't get it I done. I think it's like Fair enough. Go ahead, Paul. It's when you look on the internet and you see pictures of John Unitas or Joe Namath in different uniforms, it just thinks that's an anomaly. You know, and even though Peyton Manning, you still think of him as a cult, even though he won it with the with the Broncos. And I think that the fact with Brady having done so much with the Patriots, to then see him do it with the Buccaneers, a team that hadn't won a playoff game for 18 years, that's where I think he would go to another level. Well, and I can testify here, Paul and I are in agreement and all around the Tampa Bay area. I know they, everybody here wants to see them beat the Packers and wants to see them in the Super Bowl in the home stadium to win. This is a success right now. 
The fact that they got to 11 wins, which hadn't happened in 15 years, as Paul just said, won a playoff game, not just one, but two. This is only the second time they've ever won two playoff games. And the other time was the Super Bowl year in 02. This is a success right now on the local regional fandom level. It is. Now let's see what happens with the matchup uh, with the Packers. We'll get a final thought on that from the whole group. I only got a few moments left with TC Martin in Vegas, Gary Seegers, Winning Cures Everything podcast out of Memphis, Paul Stewart, BuckPower.com out of England uh, here with me. All right, we're taking a look at it. Uh, on the screen as well, the other matchup has the Buffalo Bills taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. We're looking at a photo on the YouTube roundtable of Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, staggering in the third quarter, went out of the game with what was deemed a concussion. He's in concussion protocol right now at the time that we're taping this. I don't think any of the four of us and anybody with any brains in the audience believes that he isn't playing Sunday. He's going to play. They're going to give it a shot. They're going to clear him. What do you, guys, what do you make of this? Just real quick, uh, we'll again go in the batting order. TC, quick thought here on Mahomes and, the, and quickly the matchup with the Bills. I think Mahomes definitely is going to play. There's no question about it. I'm really not worried about the concussion because the way we saw him run off the field and into the locker room, he wanted to get back in the game. So the NFL was not going to allow him to, to do that, especially in the playoff game. But he's going to be ready to go from that standpoint. He's already passed a couple of the protocol tests. He's got to you know, complete five of them. So that's not the issue. But there is a slight issue with his turf toe. And just you know, to put this in, in perspective, Steve Berline, the former quarterback, he's a regular on my show. He came on yesterday and was talking about how painful of an injury and the injection that you have to go through you know, before this thing goes, it was, he was in excruciating pain like he's never had before just going through those shots. And that could actually be a factor. Now it's, it's not on his plant foot, which is a good thing. And we saw how gingerly he was running before, but I believe that this, this toe injury is, is going to be a little bit of a factor, much more so than the con concussion. But all that being said, we see what, what Kansas city has done um, against Buffalo earlier on this year, where they ran all over them. But, you know, the Chiefs have not been impressive, guys. They haven't been impressive all year. And from a Vegas perspective, they're one in nine against a point spread in their last 10 games. They haven't beaten wow. an opponent by more than six points. This is crazy. And this is a 14 and two team. And yep. you throw out the second loss because, you know, they, they threw their, you know, Chad Henney in there to start the final game of the season. They threw that game away. But this Buffalo story is something phenomenal. I mean, they have been on a roll. And in my opinion, they are the hottest team along with the Green Bay Packers right now. And Buffalo's coming into their win, win this game. I have some reservations about Buffalo's defense, if they can actually stop all the weapons that the Kansas City Chiefs have offensively. But uh, this is going to be one heck of a football game. And as we know, guys, it is so difficult to repeat and go back to back. I would not be shocked. If we're saying go, go Buffalo next week. How about the last time they were in the AFC championship game was against Montana and the chiefs. Like we yes. were talking about my God, right. 27 right. years ago for the bills, right. they went four years in a row. The last time was against Montana and the chiefs and they won the game. Uh, Gary, quick thought on Mahomes, how effective he'll be. What kind of shot does Buffalo have? Give me a quick answer. I think that the Chiefs have been playing with fire all season long. I don't believe that as a team, you can just flip a switch and turn it on when you want to, right? Especially against a team as well coached as Buffalo. The defense has not been there all year. However, uh, towards the end of the regular season and on into the playoffs, that defense has absolutely shown up. Uh, Brian Dable and what he's doing with that offense is unbelievable. 
at Josh Allen. At, I, I, I said that was the bust from that draft. And I was de- and uh, myself, along with a lot of people, were just dead wrong. Um, he is it, it goes to show what a number one receiver can do. A guy that has in a significant catch radius that can really go out and get the ball like Stephon Diggs, right? Because they have figured out, okay, our running game is not all that great, but we can use Stephon Diggs in a ton of different ways. They can get him the ball on bubble screens. They can get him on jet routes. They can get him on all sorts of different stuff, right? And they can also throw the ball deep and let him go get it. And there's nobody that can stop that, even the Chiefs. So if the Chiefs don't show up in this spot, um, that's I, I think this is a game that the Bills can absolutely win, even on the road. I, I think the Bills are playing better than any team in football right now. That includes the Bucks. That includes the Packers. I like this Bills team a lot. I think they are going to get the win this week. Wow. How about that? He's calling for an outright win by Buffalo. Paul, one quick thought from you, just real quick. Mahomes, how effective? Bills, what kind of chance? What say you? My interest in the AFC Championship game depends on if the Bucks win. Because if they win, I want to watch the game to see who they're going to play in the Super Bowl. If they lose, my television is being turned off and I'm more concerned when the pitchers and catchers report. <laughs> when the Bucks beat the Eagles in the championship game in 02, I didn't work that game for British TV because I was so convinced the Bucks were going to lose. There was no way I was going to sit in the studio watch that game and then have to commentate on the AFC title game afterwards. So, as I said, I'd love to. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm going to join the other two guys. I think Buffalo pulled the upset. It's an outright win, not just against the spread. But as I said, my only interest is if the Bucks win, who do they play in the Super Bowl? And we should I have a question. Mention. I have a question for Paul there. I want to know. So if, if the Bucks lose and you're not going to watch the second game, will there be a penguin on the telly? Will there be a penguin on top of the telly? And you guys know what I'm talking about. I hope you got some old school Monty Python knowledge right there. That's what I'm talking about. Gary doesn't know anything about Monty Python, but yes, the little Monty Python. He might turn on the cricket. He might turn on the cricket. Uh, is something else stereotype, stereotype in the English here by any chance? Yeah, we might, we no, might have to. not at all. On the podcast. Hey, all right, so let me uh, put it. Yes, all right, TC, stop it. Uh, let's look at uh, at what we have here from our friends at WinBet, one of the sponsors on Three Dog Thursday. Again, if you're only hearing us, we're watching this on the YouTube roundtable and on those WinBet uh, lines that are currently out that both teams are only the field goal. That's interesting, too. You see Green Bay favored by three and a half. And Kansas City only by three. Very interesting. And you've already heard two of our guests say they think that the Buffalo Bills will win outright. I think you know where my allegiance lies, where Paul's allegiance lies for the NFC title game that will be coming up. So uh, we have that uh, there as well. All right, so T.C. Martin, where did T.C. go? Did he completely disappear on me, I think, on the YouTube roundtable? I'm not sure where he went. Uh, But in any event, Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers, I think T.C. is back. Uh, here, what do you have, a jersey or something? Well, I, I didn't know that uh, we were getting dressed to impress today, so I got to go ahead and make a costume change. Now, we're going to start breaking down this game, and you're going to start asking like, You, you got like Reed. two minutes well, total gonna here. He's going. putting on that's a it. hacker <laughs> shirt. TC used to work. I'm going to join the party right yes, now. You let's used go. to work in Green Bay. Here we go. Uh, I'm so, going to yes. join this party. I'm going to join Paul. I mean, we've got Mr. Memphis, Gary Seegers there. You're in the Let's go, baby. Let's go. So here's the here's the biggest thing uh, that is about this before we leave here on the program. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay in the championship game at home for the first time since 2008, January 2008, the 2007 
playoffs. They lost. And the, the symmetry between the New York Giants, who beat the Dallas Cowboys that year after the Cowboys had beaten them twice, guys. You all are nodding along. The Cowboys had beaten them twice. Eli and the Giants beat the Cowboys. The next week, they beat the top-seeded Packers in Green Bay. And then they beat Brady and the Patriots at 18-0 and in the Super Bowl. So some interesting symmetry there. TC, Aaron Rodgers does have a Super Bowl, but he has also three NFC Championship game losses in a row now uh, to Seattle, uh, to Atlanta, and last year to San Francisco. Meanwhile, Tom Brady, 9-4 and four in the AFC Championship game. This is advantage Buccaneers, whether you put on the Packer crap or not. This is, this is advantage Bucs, babe. It's not advantage Bucs at all. And I'll point to you again, my friend. They've beaten... Two teams all season with a winning record. Be it one of those, the Packers in week number six. I understand that. Okay. That's right. However, you mentioned those other Packers failures. Those were on the road. This is an NFC championship game at Lambeau field. And the bottom line is the Packers are a much better team this year than they were last year. Last year, they were void at stopping the run. They went to San Francisco and San Francisco ran all over the place. And again, I cannot see that happening uh, this week. The Packers, like we talked about, along with Buffalo playing the best football of just about anybody, I just don't see how that Buccaneers defense with your boy Murphy Bunning and company are going to have to stop Aaron Rodgers. I just can't see it, TJ. They stopped him in October. By the (laughs) way, just to help you for your show later today, and Gary's got this on Winning Cures, and Paul may or may not know this, for all the knocks on the Bucs beating the Saints last week, and it's only the second win against a team with a winning record, Green Bay, by the way, has three wins after their win last week over the Rams against teams with a winning record. It ain't like they've been beaten murderer's row either to get to this point. So but they're we'll scoring see. 40 points a game, as we'll, you know. We'll, we'll say the number one 40. offense. They didn't score 40 in October in Tampa. I believe they scored 30 less. I believe they scored 10, <laughs> and they had to pull Rodgers out of the game for the hits. Week he number was taking. six. So Absolutely correct. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if that ends up mattering for this week. All right, let me do this because my guys have got to get out of here on the YouTube roundtable. Let me promote all of them. You see Gary Seegers. Right here on Twitter, follow him at Gary WCE as we've been promoting with the Winning Cures Everything podcast. Here is the Winning Cures Everything uh, webpage. You can find out everything at winningcureseverything.com. Find them on YouTube. Find them through Periscope. They have that live show. Winning Cures Everything is where you find Gary. T.C. Martin babbles on on the T.C. Martin show about the Packers and all things in Vegas, including the spread. By the way, T.C. will confess, will you not to the audience, you were on the Bucks last week against the Saints, but you teased it on the teaser card up to plus 10 because you weren't that confident. You did not need that teaser card, my friend. I did not need that teaser card. But then again, I, I like to manipulate the line as much as humanly possible, and I was never sweating in that game, my friend. You were not with plus 10. TC Martin 21 is how you find him on Twitter. Again, the definitive historian of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is Paul Stewart. And the site is buckpower.com. You're seeing it on the screen right here on the YouTube roundtable. He has every game, every player, every everything, every recap, all of it on buckpower.com. And again, find the Facebook page as well for buckpower.com. Search it through Paul Buckpower Stewart. Oh, we're looking at a video there of the Buccaneers earlier this week. Uh, the anniversary of the NFC Championship game win against the Philadelphia Eagles, a good omen for the Bucs 18 years later. It's on Paul's Facebook page. It's on the website, buckpower.com. Guys, we got to go here on this edition of the Roundtable. T.C. Martin in Vegas, Gary Seegers in Memphis, Paul Stewart in England. I hope we're rejoicing Sunday night for the Bucs. 
to begin the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens. Guys, thank you. I appreciate you hanging out with me on Three Dog Thursday. Well done, all of you. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Great. Awesome, London. Indeed, we are back in one more time with senior handicapper, MajorWager.com and Vegas insider Brian Edwards here on Three Dog Thursday. Time for him to give us some insight into these championship games. We spent a lot of time talking in the middle segment here on the audio podcast, also the YouTube roundtable there with our guests, their feelings. Brian, it's obvious. I, I'm in the bag for the Buccaneers, as I like to say. Everybody knows I believe they're going to win the game against Green Bay. What am I going to do? Come on the podcast and say I don't think they're going to beat the Packers? Of course I'm in the bag for the Bucks to try to make Super Bowl 50. 55. That's understood. That is a given. So this game is going to be wild. It's up first. Let's just dive right in. Uh, Buccaneers got the road win outright, obviously, to stay alive at New Orleans last week. Green Bay favored at home. Uh, as we're coming to you on Three Dog Thursday, the line at about three, three or three and a half. What do you think here about the NFC title game? Somebody goes to Super Bowl 55. Uh, I was surprised to hear that Aaron Rodgers has never been uh, at home at Lambeau for an NFC championship game. I I was surprised when I heard that earlier uh, this week. Tampa Bay 3-1 against the spread in four games as underdogs this year uh, with two outright wins. Um, They are 8-2 straight up on the road. Uh, Man, this is such a tough call. I mean, you know, I had Green Bay – uh, at Tampa Bay and thought I was styling when they jumped out to that <laughs> 10 nothing lead back on October 18th. And it was 38 unanswered uh, from Tampa Bay. Uh, I know there's the the, uh, the crazy stats about how Tampa Bay, when it's whatever, less than 30 degrees, you how, want it? how brutal they've you been. You want it? They're 0-8, 0-8, 0-8, 0-8, 0 But by the same token, Tom Brady, including the game against the Washington football team where it was below freezing at kickoff, it was like 31 degrees at kickoff on that Saturday night, uh, he's now 15-2, and hello, all-time with the Patriots and the Buccaneers when it's below freezing. That's the classic something that's got to give stat, isn't it? One way or the other here, one of those things is going to give way. And and he's nine and four in thirteen uh, previous championship games. Obviously, they were all in the AFC. Mm-hmm. So wait, in '03 when y'all won at Philly, y'all got a, a unseasonably warm night at the old vet. Remember night? the stat? It, it, it was it, no, no. It was below thirty-two that night. But the stat is against the Packers. Zero and eight all time oh, against oh the God. Packers when it's below freezing. They have won okay. a couple of other games below freezing as well, and that and that Washington, the WFT game earlier in these playoffs counts for it as well, but it's just been against Green Bay. But you're right. I mean, Brady won the AFC title game, as we keep saying, two years ago in Kansas City, below freezing in the overtime against Mahomes. Yep. Again, that's with the Patriots, and how much do we rely on that? We'll see. Uh, just give me uh, give me a thought here on which way you might be leaning or what you might think. Uh, I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of points put on the board in this game. I, I would not look for like 13-10. It's not going to be that, I don't think. What do you think? No. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. I'll keep going back and forth. I mean, how do you have the audacity to fade Tom Brady? And then at the same time, how do you have the audacity to fade Aaron Rodgers, who has a 25-2 to TDINT ratio at home this year and has a 50-5 to 
TDINT ratio overall this year. And, and, you know, you kind of brought up, like, talking about Drew Brees, you know, and where his career stacks up. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been one of the top, you know, two to three quarterbacks in the league for more than a decade now. But him, like Brees, he's only got one Super Bowl. I mean, for those that are into that kind of stuff, I mean, Aaron Rodgers needs to add a Super Bowl if he really wants to be considered in the top five all-time quarterbacks. Now, certainly that can change if he hangs around as long as Brees and, and, you know, sets all kind of career passing yard stats. But uh, Aaron Rodgers really, really needs to win another Super Bowl uh, to be thought of in in that ilk. And he's got to go through – the GOAT and Tom Brady, who, who by the way, uh, looks as good as he has ever looked in the last six to eight weeks. I, I don't see any diminishment in his game whatsoever. Amen. I keep preaching it. I keep preaching he's still got it. And how many more times you got to see him making the throws? And he didn't even have to be spectacular last week with what the defense did uh, a week ago. I will simply say again when it comes to this game, if they are within arm's length, tied, Within a touchdown, something like that in the second half, look out. If, if this thing comes down to the fourth quarter to winning the game, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are going to win the game. I don't care about the cold. I don't care about Lambeau Field. They will find a way to be in Super Bowl 55. We will find out. Quickly, the other game. Give me some analysis. Bills at the Chiefs. We assume, again, as we've been joking in the podcast on the video roundtable, Mahomes is going to get cleared from the concussion protocol. He will be out there. So what say you about what kind of shot the Bills have? Um, you know, one of our guests was saying the turf toe on the round table may be the bigger deal than the post-concussion stuff for Mahomes. What say you? Give me, give me some insight, and are you maybe leaning Bills as, as we head towards the weekend? Well, that was what I was going to say as well. Like, for NFL concussion standards, you know, that looked like a relative – I mean, and that's so insane to say, but that looked like a relatively tame – uh, concussion, and I know he was a full participant in practice today, but there is the toe. I mean, he was limp, he was gimpy, uh, you know, before the concussion. He was not moving that well. And look, I mean, uh, his movement, not necessarily scrambling for 15 yards, but just his elus- elusiveness in the pocket where he can break free with his quickness and his movement, and then these when he finds Tyree Kill on deep balls a lot. I mean, that's very, very important. Um, and I don't know that we're going to have a read on where his foot is, but I doubt they're going to allow him to be on camera moving around. I, I know not at practice this week and, uh, you know, whether we'll get to see him, you know, an hour before the game, how he's moving around. I, I don't know. Uh, look, the Bills have won 11 of their last 12. And the only loss was that Arizona on that Hail Mary from Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. They've been an underdog five times this year. They're four and one against the spread with three outright wins. They are legit, and, and I was talking about how their defense wasn't as good last week uh, as it had been the past two years, and then they hold the Ravens to three points last week. So the Bills are clicking on all cylinders. With all that said, if I'm confident that Mahomes' foot is okay and the line is still three, I just don't know that I can turn down Kansas City uh, minus three. But um, we got a long, you know, we got some potential line movement. We've got some potential, you know, information on Mahomes uh, and his injury between now and game time. So I'm not committing to anything. 
Uh, and Josh Allen has been so good and was good again. He didn't. He wasn't spectacular with touchdown passes, but they moved the ball, throwing the ball against a good Baltimore defense. Can they do it in that environment in Kansas City with all the pressure on them? And again, the Bills have not been in the AFC title game in 27 years. They are amped in Buffalo for the shot at it here. Kansas City in the AFC title game for the third straight year, trying to go back to the Super Bowl for the second straight year. We will find out in that. I'm going to stay away from the Bills. I like the I like the Chiefs in that one. Again, you know where my allegiance lies to the audience here for the Bucks. Uh, I will take them as the underdog. We'll see what happens for the Bills. Brian, we have come to the end here, and uh, and I know we're looking forward to these games coming on Sunday for sure. We mentioned earlier in the podcast uh, that we've got some college basketball this weekend on Saturday, UFC 257 on Saturday, the NFL football on Sunday. going to be a great weekend. Tell the fans where they can garner more of your insight, injury information, trends, stat nuggets. Preach on on how they find all your stuff. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at VegasBEdwards. I'll have my UFC. 257 preview up on Vegas Insider by uh, sometime Friday uh, afternoon and you can also uh, find my work at MajorWager.com and all my picks at VegasInsider.com and BrianEdwardsSports.com Enjoyed it as always TJ, thanks for having me and uh, yeah, we got we got a great weekend. We're getting like day game. We had day game. We had UFC fights in the day from Fight Island. Today we have day games and college hoops. It seems like every day of the week these days as well. So uh, yeah, great uh, weekend of bets and ball games. Looking forward to it. Should be a blast, Brian. Thank you. Thank you to my guests again, TC Martin of the TC Martin Show in Vegas. Gary Seegers, Winning Cures Everything podcast. He and Chris, Chris Giannini, great job on that show. And my buddy Paul Stewart, BuckPower.com, the definitive historian on Tampa Bay Buccaneer football. And he's in England of all places, but loves the Bucks and will be living and dying on whether the Bucks can beat the Packers. And I think they will. I think we're talking about a Buccaneer Chiefs Super Bowl this time next week. We'll see. Brian, thank you. We thank you and the audience for being with us. Again, subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Thanks again to the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Colby Dan, all the guys with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We thank them for helping us us out we thank you enjoy championship weekend and the nfl as well as everything else going on we're back next week with the only digital radio show that loves talking up those doggies it is three dog thursday bye